Hey folks, welcome back to the DC Threecast. My name is Brian. With me as always are Zach and Vince. Uh, before we get to this week's books, there was a big announcement last week that we want to talk about a little bit. It is uh, Flashpoint Beyond, a new seven-issue series by Jeff Johns um, and Jeremy Adams and Tim Sheridan, illustrated by Zermanico and Eduardo Riso. So um, this is... The uh, there's gonna be a zero issue that is just John's and Riso, and then for the six issue series, it is going to be John's co writing with Adams and Sheridan and uh, illustrated by Zermanico. There's a couple of things about this that I I, I, I want to talk about, but the first one is uh, I mentioned this when we start before we started recording that Multiversity's reader poll this week was about whether people wanted more Flashpoint stories, and almost everybody said. Either no, we don't, or we don't know how to separate Flash, excuse me, Flashpoint with the New Fifty Two and all the stuff that was around it. So we don't really know if we want more, but we're not super excited about it. So, so nobody is like chomping at the bit for this type of a story. I think that the um, the thirst for more Jeff Johns is probably at its lowest point, also in my DC memory of the last you know 25 years or so since since he took over jsa in the late 90s uh so i don't i don't know if that's the selling point i mean i love all the other creators like john's is by far the least interesting creator on this list i don't know if any of them necessarily have like the drawing power to make this exciting i don't really know like what the hook is supposed to be here unless the hook is just that people love alternate universes and elseworlds so what do you guys think? Like, what is what is the hook of this? What is the what is the thing that is making this exciting? If there is such a thing as excitement for this? I know Zach is very excited about this, but I'm talking about like for the general public, not for us particular, at least right now. What is what is the public's hook for this? Which which public do you mean? Like the the, the comics buying public. I don't know. Well, I mean, to me, it seems very much like DC having their cake and eating it too, because they're, they're effectively saying, uh, Oh, Hey, do you, do you not like the direction that the, the current um, secret 5g uh, (laughs) DC universe is in right now? Well, here's Jeff Johns, this uh, raggedy old guy that you loved uh, 10, 20 years ago. Uh, to come and do a book where they tell you that 5G has been averted, <laughs> like literally within the text of the comic. And that's who it's for. And those people are probably excited, I guess. Um, but are those people enough to like build an event around? It's, I, yeah, I mean, I, I think, I mean, I don't, I don't have a great sense of like, I'm not on like comics, social media. I don't engage because I'm only doing this all ironically, but um, <laughs> uh, but my sense is that there's you know a good half. There's half of the comics buying public that would prefer to see Johns running things again, running everything again, and that will never happen. But but this is like a uh, branch extended to them, right? Um, And maybe that's enough for them because what you have is you have, you have Wednesday warriors who claim that for the last 30 years, they've claimed that comics have been going further and further into the hamper. Right. 
but they're still there buying them for the most part. And they may drop off books here and there based on directions they go in, but they're there buying the books every week. Um, but I think you do have a contingent of them that are serious about, Hey, I'm just buying way less DC than I was before. And maybe this is something that can get them back. And I'm not saying that that is a good thing to cater to at all, but you know, it is a contingent. There is a contingent out there. I think there's little doubt that that's the case. Zach, what do you think about this? I mean, I don't know why DC is doing this other than. I mean, I am so I feel really out of touch with what the general comics buying public thinks about DC right now. And really specifically what they think about Jeff Johns. Like, I don't know if people still like Jeff Johns, really. Um, And I don't know if he can still sell a book, but I think DC thinks he can sell a book. So that's why I think this is happening. That's an interesting question because Johns has not been on an ongoing since Shazam. And that was barely an ongoing. So the last time Johns was doing like, regular monthly comics that weren't getting delayed six months was justice league in the new 52. And that was a long time ago. I'm curious what the sales were for the last issue of doomsday clock. And I'm also curious what the like trade sales for doomsday clock were like. See, that's, that's a tricky thing because I don't know how much of that was based on John's or based on Watchmen or based on what, right? Like that's sure. I, I don't know if that's the best gauge of like John's popularity. Well, but I think that you're probably, you're probably right, but I feel like the motivation in doing a flashpoint sequel is pretty similar to the motivation in doing a Watchmen sequel because there's stories that a lot of people recognize and you do a sequel to get those people to buy and read the book. Sure. Like I, I do maybe, maybe this is a bit of an overstatement, but I almost do kind of think like uh, flashpoint is, is up there in, in recognition value among like at least comic readers for sure. You know? Yeah. And and if they're gonna have the Flashpoint movie or whatever, it's also funny because there there was a Flashpoint arc on the show The Flash. There was a sure. Flashpoint animated movie. Right, so like exactly. Every, it's funny to me that this is almost the last of the uh, properties to touch it, which is a, a comic sequel. Right. Uh, before we get into a couple more things, I just want to talk about there. There was a piece of of art released with Batman standing in front of a chalkboard. And this type of stuff is always DC three nips. I just want to uh, put out the stuff that's written on the chalkboard. So it's five G averted, and the five G is crossed out. Then it I mean says, that 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 is almost making fun of the DC three. I I know that he has no idea who we are, and you know, uh, speak people, for yourself. I have interviewed Jeff Johns, so, uh, no, okay. and he has no idea. Who he has no are. idea who I am. Of course he doesn't. <laughs> but uh, that's almost that almost he, reads. He like follows me on Twitter, actually. Uh-huh. That almost reads like they're making fun of us, right? Like, 
I hey, you guys love this shit, right? But also, it's going to literally say five uh, G averted. Doomsday Clock number twelve sold one hundred seventeen thousand issues. Yeah, I mean, he's he is still a huge draw. I'm certain of it. So uh, I, don't, so, I don't like it, but <laughs> so the stuff on the shockboard besides the five G averted, it says story irrevocably damaged must travel beyond omniverse what's beyond it to where the fall of the justice league leads to the rise of we can't see what it says why is deathstroke not acting like deathstroke imposter um the legion of ben blank <laughs> yes legion this, of affleck. this is he is just trolling the dc3 yes, at this is. point uh the legion of- it's it's the ben affleck variant much like the reed richards <laughs> yes <variant>. exactly <laughs> Patreon.com slash DC3Cast. Um, Tom Cruise is, is Deathstroke. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so it says, the legions of something, we can't see what it was. Future remembers of remembers of the legion. That's kind of obscured by Batman. Beware, he'll find his son. Do not interfere. His daughter will rejoin Justice Society to save it. Who's hunting the time? I'm going to say that's the time. Uh, what is what is Repunter's group called? The Time Masters? Time Masters. I'm yeah, sure it's yeah. Time Masters, yeah. Um, I mean, I I love that sort of stuff. I think that stuff's really fun, but I don't give a shit about any of the Flashpoint versions of those things. Yeah, yeah. Zach, you are by far the highest on this. So talk to us about why you're excited about this. I just like I I think that every ninety five percent of like what mainline DCU is doing right now is just kind of dull, and like some of the stories are good, and like can be interesting to read but as far as just like forward momentum or like something just unpredictable or just bonkers like there's just not there's not a lot of bonkers out there and even the like bonkers stuff like jli is like just okay to me but this i feel like could just jli justice league incarnate oh i'm thinking international sorry yeah Yeah. that's because you're old man exactly Yeah. yeah um I, I just feel like this could be really wacky. I don't think it's going to be good. Um, although having Adams and Sheridan on it could, could make it good, honestly, because I think that they're very good. And I'm, I'm like super glad that they are getting such a high profile nod here. That um, is the best part of this. Yeah. And, and like Zermanico is good on art. This, this feels like an event book. In, in the best way to me. Whereas things like, and not, no, like nothing against like what Williamson is doing. I am, I am enjoying that stuff. Like I'm going to hoot and holler when we talk about incarnate number four, um, tipping my hat a little bit there, but like infinite frontier, that the next mini week? series. It's next yeah. Week. Yeah. 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 Oh, you're, you're really, you're really teasing the folks now. I'm really teasing the folks. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but like between infinite frontier and justice Lee incarnate, or like um, Justice League and Legion, like none of that stuff is really doing it for me. And I and I feel like this has the potential to at least somewhat do it for me, at least in an ironic way. <laughs> <laughs> so I understand the ironic way part, but I just feel like that's so disingenuous to what we've talked about on this show. You're enjoying the Superman status quo. You're enjoying the Detective Comics it's Weekly, yeah, he's like, but he's really not. It, but it, I'm really, I'm like, I'm enjoying it in so much as like, I can read it and talk about it and not want to kill myself. <laughs> yeah, and I'm you almost. You guys hate there. comics. You guys hate comics. 
Listen, man, we are we are a window into the world as much as we are a, a, a discussion podcast about these comics that we read. Like mm-hmm. we that's the thing. We don't just take what we're given and, you know, have a smile on our face. We, we let we let the whims of the world guide us uh, as well. And our opinions do not have to be consistent because of that. Exactly. I'm I'm having a miserable time right now, and uh, and 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 so goes the comics. <laughs> I mean, I do like I do like the Superman stuff. It is cool, um, as far as like Superman status quo's go. But if we weren't doing a podcast, I would probably just wait and read in trades. Like, I, but like this Flashpoint thing, I'm at least like moderately. No, I'm not. I'm like interested in enough to see like if it's either good or if it's a train wreck that I. Even if I wasn't doing this podcast, I would read that. It's a See, it's an interesting enough and like big enough thing that it's like okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep up with this, or I'll read the first issue and be like, this is shit, and not touch it again. See, this reminds me of <laughs> like this feels like somebody would make a joke about this, and Vince would say, "Are they allowed to do that?" <laughs> like this just feels like a a crazy thing that would be pitched and would, would have been shot down at any other time in DC history. But right now this was given the green light for some reason. Sure. I also just love, I really like Elseworlds and I, I think like Flashpoint is a bad story, but it's a, it's a, it's a like universe that I've always thought as far as like DC universes go is kind of cool. And I liked a lot of those tie-ins for what they were. So well, I'm interested he, he, to see what happens. Here is what I'll say about that is I feel like in the first Flashpoint series, the interesting stuff about the Flashpoint universe was all revealed up front. And then none of the stories were interesting. Like, it's interesting that Aquaman and Wonder Woman are these like warring factions, but there wasn't actually an interesting Aquaman and Wonder Woman story within there. Yeah. It's interesting that, that the Shazam powers went to this like whole family, but there wasn't a story about that family in there that showed up in the new 52, like is its own thing. It was interesting that Superman was like kept in this place, but like there was no, it, like all the concepts were kind of cool, but the stories all sucked. So I think that this is a good chance to maybe tell some fun stories in that world. But I'm still not super excited about it. I, I think the like one stinker is that it is going to be like a Thomas Wayne led story, which yes. like who who needs that? But I don't know. We'll see. Well, you say, that, the time you, say that and, you say that until the Flashpoint movie where uh, where what's his name? Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Yeah, Jeffrey Dean Morgan <laughs> comes out of the shadows as Thomas Wayne <laughs> Set no. everything right. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, wait. He's you, gonna you be multiverse the, of madness. That's you gotta right. give the fans what they've been clamoring for. Just yeah, give them yeah. a nod. Yeah. Just a nod. Yeah. Again, dc3cast.com uh for the Patreon information. There's a whole conversation about exactly this. About um, giving the nod. Yes. Um I'm getting so, good nod. <laughs> um anything else to say about this before we, before we dive into this week's books? No. It's just it's just pretty grim to me, actually. Like, I mean, look, go ahead, Vince. I'm sorry. I think I, I, I think they I honestly thought like, hey, maybe DC is done with Johns. Like maybe they actually are, especially with like the the Geiger stuff that that appears to be at least in some uh, way, shape or form, a repurposing of some ideas he may have had for for that DC line of his that never that we never saw. Right. 
Um, and the so killing I, I zone, right? Killing, killing zone? zone, yeah. And uh, I, I kind of thought that maybe maybe we were done. And now I just think, oh, no, no. They see like 80 to 100,000 uh, books in sales with this guy. And if he wants to come back and do Flashpoint or literally anything, I, I bet they would green light pretty much anything for him. Brian, you said that, uh, you know, this is, this reads like a pitch that, or something that got pitched and, and rejected. Well, if anybody else pitched it, I think it would be. And I don't know. I'm just a little bummed about the, the remaining death grip that he apparently has on <laughs> being able to get stuff like this uh, past past the pitch point i wonder if this tanks though if if that'll be it mm. but i, I also know. can't I, see this tanking yeah. because i feel like events like this just right. just succeed no yeah. even if they don't you know they're not good they still succeed yeah and and honestly like why would this tanking have any effect on john's when he hasn't had a successful thing well i guess doomsday clock was like successful but on the comic side but like not like well i was gonna say he hasn't had a successful thing but that's not that's not he's he's just mind-boggling mind-bogglingly good at at scraping by it seems it seems like because he he can have like a huge critical gaffe and then like have a nebulous role in wonder woman and that do really well and keep going and i i I don't know i don't know I mean, um, I, I did. I, I kind of feel like he also did three Jokers. That was, oh yeah, that was like we didn't like it, but it doesn't mean it wasn't successful. Yeah, I wonder how that did. It did great. I can. You don't even have to look it up. Exactly. It sold a ton of copies. I'm sure. I'm just curious how how many. It had it had Batman or it had a Joker on it with a bloody crowbar. It did great, my friend. Look, as you're looking that up, the one thing I was going to say is, you know, I know that I am I, I try to be the cheerleader of this show sometimes, but like the comics I'm most excited about right now are I have both the Who's Who Omnibus number one and the hardcover Power of Shazam reissue coming to me right now, and like. I'm way more interested in those than I am the comics that are coming out now, but there are comics we're going to talk about this week that I really enjoyed, and some I did not. Uh, spoiler alert. And, um, you know, I, I still do get excited when, I mean, look, Vince, you text us every week when new books are in the box. <laughs> like, you, every week, that part you still enjoy. You still enjoy seeing the comics arrive in our box. I do. I do, I, I do like that. And then I open up and I go, oh. <laughs> <laughs> did you find those numbers, Zach? No, I'm still looking. Um, the mystery box could be anything. It could even be a boat. Exactly. <laughs> oh, here we Excellent. go. Here we go. Reference. Uh, issue oh, family number. guy. Thank I'm you sorry. very much. I'm sorry. That is family guy. Forget it. Bad reference. Bad reference. <laughs> eh. Oh, okay. That's no, I, can't, Brian. I can't get good numbers because that was during the COVID stuff when they weren't oh, okay. giving... Comicron wasn't doing good numbers. Okay. Mm, the um, lying, the lying, lamestream media trying to cover up the success of the Joker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I'm very excited. Um, I'm about to uh, 
since I watched Eternals, I'm catching up on Kieran Gillen's Eternals, which in turn is going to make me go back and do a full reread of Jason Aaron's uh, Avengers <laughs> run. <laughs> and I think I should probably reread Kieran Gillen's Uncanny X-Men before Immortal X-Men comes out to get ready for Judgment Day. So uh, I'm becoming the Joker right now. <laughs> you're, you're jokering me. Are you becoming the Willem Dafoe Joker, or yeah. are you becoming the uh, the <laughs> anyway? All right, yeah. let's talk about the week the week this week's books. Starting with Action Comics number ten thirty nine. Uh, this is the World World Saga Part Four, written by Philip Kennedy Johnson, illustrated by Ricardo Federici. Zach, as the Superman boy, why don't you start us off with this? Um, I I liked this a lot. Um. Even moments are all boring right now. I like this a lot. Okay, everything is relative, Brian. I like this a lot compared to everything else that we've ever read. Okay, not even that much. Okay, (laughs) I enjoyed this. It was fine. If you want me to be perfect, I'm just, I'm just trying to. I'm just teasing you. I'm just just trying to do the show. Uh, No, I like this. It was good. I, I like the art better than I expected to. It's a good fit. Um, Actually. Oh, I actually really liked the art. Um, there was only a guy on the show who said it would fit the tone of the book. Was it you? It was me. Yes. I said, I don't like Federici, but I feel like for like this kind of like battle stuff, he might be a good fit. Yeah, I think it is. It reminds me of, um, I don't know who did the art on that book, but do you guys remember that Phil Kennedy Johnson, like the indie knockoff thing? Oh, uh, it was Federici. It was Federici. Okay. Mm-hmm. I was going to say it looks like that. And it does. Oh, no <laughs> surprise. Um, it's wild yeah, no. that he, Federici looks like Federici. Yeah, it does. Um, Let's no, say Federici a few more times. Federici. Federici. No, it's just cool. I like it. I like where this is going. This is a cool. This is a cool Superman story. Um, it's a lot different than pretty much any Superman story I can think of in, in that I've ever read, honestly. And that's cool. That's why it's cool. It's because it's it's very different. And I really don't know what to expect other than like, obviously Superman's going to be okay and he's going to win. But um, the other moving pieces are, are very interesting. I like uh, how all of the authority characters are being used. Uh, um, I like how this is kind of aligning with the future state stuff, which I liked. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm into this. Yeah, I felt this was a good issue in the sense that it gave us like this almost feels like a soft reset of the story because of the art change. And so because of that, we got a little check in with every character and to see sort of what's happening on World World, who is doing what, what allegiances are still there, what has broken down. So it was it was a good I, I think this was an enjoyable read. Um, I don't love Federici's art, but it does definitely fit this story and unlike another event we're going to talk about in a few minutes i feel like this was an issue that was that slowed everything down but did so for a purpose and i think it's it's helping to like i said before kind of almost like soft reboot the the story to get us into what the next maybe like little bits going to be about and i liked that uh even though i would i would almost always prefer a book pick up the pace this one does not did not offend me with how slow it was uh vincey what did you think oh sorry zach do you have a comment on that well i was gonna say 
Um, this is just one offhand comment thinking about this action in relation to detective comics. I kind of wish that this story was running weekly in the same way that shadow of the bat was. I wish all of these types of stories were running weekly. Yeah. I was just thinking about it with like comparing the art change that were that, you know, that is going to happen between each of the, um, the acts of shadow of the bat and thinking about how the art chain we just had art change we had here. Um, yeah, I was just, I, I wish that this, assuming this is going to be a 12 part story. I think we all have kind of speculated that it might be. Um, I wish it was running weekly. Vince, what do you think of this? I can't tell you how much I miss either Daniel Sampier or Miguel Mendoza on this. Um, I like a lot of the story stuff that's in it, like the journal and like, typically I don't care too much for verbose narration. So I, I kind of initially rolled my eyes at the, at the war world journal entry stuff from Clark. But then I thought, and, and, and he makes the case in the story that he's a journalist and he mm-hmm. documents the, the facts and whatnot. And I, you know, on that level, plus some of the references they made to, uh, you know, some golden age Superman tenants and stuff like that throughout. I think that really ended up working for me when I was, I was skeptical at first, the stuff about um, Superman, maybe needing to train to fight in a new way when he's depowered um, that stuff is interesting. And, and it's coming along pretty slowly. He's going to train with this ex Phalosian guy, but I, uh, I really think there's there's something there that can maybe get get us a new angle into into Clark's character. Uh, the stuff with Natasha gathering iron and clearly like make like working the forge and making things with it that the that the war zones or the prisoners of war world uh, aren't able to make themselves or you know haven't thought of or whatever. That that's all these things are hints at really cool stuff that's probably going to happen later in this. Um, storyline but i i mean to me this art style it it will just never be for me um i think i can admit up front that it's just a personal taste thing but from my perspective like i commented the other at the last the last issue uh which was miguel mendoza how i thought some of those panels were just like crackling with life and like things happening in the background that you know that like there's life on on war world and everything's happening there's stuff happening in the background there's stuff happening in the foreground your eye is drawn to certain things um using these techniques i don't see that with like this kind of art just seems so lifeless to me by comparison um i know what you mean when you say that it fits because this is art that we've seen on like a a conan the barbarian story before or Mm -hmm. or like um this is art. This is art that we see all the time in like uh, British, like 2000 AD stuff, you know. But it's just I I do not care for it aesthetically, and I, and I also think like if I if I want to explain why I feel that way beyond just the displeasing aesthetics of it to me, it just feels so lifeless by comparison, um, and it almost always this style almost always comes across that way. Uh, 
to me. I, I understand. Like I said, it's definitely not my favorite artwork, but I think that one of the things that DC and comics in general, I don't want to just pick on DC here, doesn't do enough of is adjusting the art style for the type of story that's being told. Like, I would say actually modern comics are better at this than some older comics are. I remember reading, you know, you'd be reading an issue of, um, I feel like Justice League is a good example. With Justice League, there would be an arc where they'd be fighting, you know, this villain team or that villain team. And sometimes it just, there would be a terrible fit of artist and story. And it was just because that was the artist on the book at the time. And like, yeah. you know, you just deal with that. I think now you can be more selective about who the artist is on a title. And so if there's a story that feels more like a, you know, loincloth and sword story, put a loincloth and sword artist on there, right? So I I understand not liking it as much. I don't like it as much, but I do think it fits the story reasonably well. Yeah, and I think you're right. And and the only thing I'll say to counter that point, because I, I, do, I do think it is a point, but it's a point that only works if you're targeting an audience that is bigger than myself, which of course they are, you know, like they don't give a shit what I think about it. Um, and there's lots of people that love this art style. But, but what I would say is that argument for me really only works if I didn't already see how good Sam Pierre and Mendoza did with this same setting and the same material. You know what I mean? Well, I, 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 I do think that this, that, that there is a, there's an attempt here to make, to make these stories feel different. It's a bit more sword and sorcery. Type yeah. Thing yeah, now. exactly. I think, I think when they, I think when Superman was strung up in the last issue, it was essentially like a, a Conan in the arena story. I, I, to me, it all feels the same. I get what you're saying. I just, I don't think I see it that way. It didn't have the intended effect on me. We'll say. Sure. And that's, that's fair. That's totally fair. Um, I've also come back around on Assad Ribic though. So I'm in for this <laughs> art style. <laughs> Zach, he yeah. just likes whatever's in front of him at the time. <laughs> Zach also loves to reevaluate and uh, decide that he was wrong about something in the past. Zach yeah. loves texting us at like eight in the morning and saying, you guys, I'm really in the kingdom hearts again. And yeah. I'm back. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I've never not been in. Kingdom hearts, <laughs> you you, you literally said, said you said that exact thing to us. I did. Yeah. But I said, I'm like, I, I'm like, I'm like really, really feeling it. You know? I mean, like, it's all like, if this there's anything, it's, it is different because you made oh, it sound no. like I was at one point down or reevaluating <laughs> kingdom hearts, which I would never do. It's the one constant media thing that I will always love regardless of anything. So just, just send the story straight. Even when they put MCU heroes in the next one, I'm really, I'm that's going to try me. Honestly, like that's going to, Akin to the trials of Christ. Yeah, it's going to be hard, but I'll do what I can. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Um, Did anybody care for this uh, Martian Manhunter backup? I I didn't read it this time. I've I've been reading it, but I I couldn't bring myself to it this time. It's still just a mid-tier, like, boilerplate martian manhunter story there's certainly nothing wrong with it uh the adriana mellow art is nice enough and see i, I think this issue actually looked really poor from her mm. i i did not I, that, was, that was my one comment was that i i thought 
I've liked the mellow art so far. I didn't like it in this issue as much. Okay. Why did why does Vulture look like the Court of Owls? That Great too. question. Yeah. Uh, also, the not the last time we'll see a familiar looking mask this uh, this week. Look at you making all these connections. Just dropping teasers left and right. Uh, so let's let's move on to our next book, which boy howdy, the Batman Catwoman special by Tom King, John Paul Leon, Bernard Chang, Sean Crystal, Min Mitch Garrods. So let, let's let's establish up front. This was the last book that John Paul Leon was working on when he passed. So he did art for the first 13 pages and breakdowns for the next bit. Um, Bernard Chang finished his breakdowns and then Mitch Garrods drew the last bit of this story. It is an absolute shame that John Paul Leon is no longer with us. I think all of us are pretty big fans of his work. I think that it is obvious, obviously heartbreaking to read this issue, knowing that these are the last things he worked on because he had to work on such a shitty comic for his last uh, his last professional work. And that's that's a shame. Uh, this comic is such Tom King bullshit just from the first thing you see, the fucking first thing you see is somebody drunkenly messing up the words to Silent Night. Yeah, because everyone has to sing in a Tom King book. And, uh, and that's how that's how every issue of Batman Catwoman has gone, by the way. Right. But this is I was hoping this would be different. And I was wrong but for having hope. He, I, it really illustrates the disconnect that I have with Tom King's writing, because a lot of people like. So King's writing is stylized in a way I've made this point on the show before. <laughs> it's stylized in a way where where he he really thinks that this is how people talk or how people should talk. And like. I, I feel so often when he's writes these conversations between uh, Bruce and Selena or Adam strange and Alana strange, I, I imagine him thinking like, this is a conversation my wife and I would have, you know, or like a uh, Barda and, and Scott free, right? Like th- this conversation about putting together this Ikea furniture is exactly a conversation my wife and I had, you know? Um, but that's not true. None of this, none of the stuff that he writes sounds like the way real people talk. It sounds like the way people uh, talk in the way that like Joss Whedon thinks that people talk uh, or like um, when what's his name? Chuck Windig writes a flippery flu on his Twitter account or whatever. <laughs> like it's, it's a guy trying to be clever in a way that, that says like, boy, if, if people talk like this, the world would be so much fun. And what this book does with this drunken guy singing this, nobody would mess up that many words of a carol that everyone knows the words to. No matter right? how drunk you are, no matter you how maybe drunk s- you would slur your words. Right. Yes. But you would yes. never mess up. You would never mess up a single word in every line of the song that technically still makes it make sense, but, but it's a different word. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's, it's beyond annoying to me. It's so cloying. I have said this in the show before, but one time when I was drunk, I messed up and I said that Sting, the musician's real name was Gordon Shumway, which is <laughs> Alf's real name. But that's a mistake you would make when you're drunk. You wouldn't fuck up the words of Silent Night. Yeah, and you wouldn't, like I said, you wouldn't fuck up one word in every single exactly, line. Yes. It, Silent you know? Day? holy way like no no one would ever do that 
it's, um, it is abs- because he, he the guy gets like all the right words just in the wrong order you yeah. know it's just like it's yeah. just word soup yeah there's there's no way it's and I feel like I'm complaining about the the song joke from Batgirls again, but because yeah. it, it's such a minor point, but it just it's it's endemic well, in Tom King's writing. And he, he missed it. like the best song cue by not uh, having you know Catholic school as vicious as Roman rule uh, play <laughs> when <laughs> when uh, Selena gets her knuckles bruised by a lady and a lady in black. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yep yep absolutely so sorry brian i had to just jump in there because i found that so appallingly annoying man this book this this whole book could just be i will follow you into the dark and i (laughs) yeah right yes i i unironically imagine like tom king like making a version of this book you remember that time that i talked about um instead of inserting whatever song Selena was singing, uh, putting that's a moray into yes. that. Yes. I'm going to, yes. I'm going to make a version of this. That's just taking out all the Christmas songs and just throughout the book, it's just characters singing all of, I that's will follow you into the dark. Yeah. That's my, yeah. that's my new thing. That sounds better than this. It does. <laughs> it sounds funnier. Um, I really dislike this guys. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's really funny. To compare this to Catwoman Lonely City. Oh. Yeah. Which is doing the same thing, kind of. Yep. Everything, every, every uh tangled web or or reference Tom King makes in this to explain what Gotham might be like in 15, 20, 25 years or whatever, as as Bruce and Selena grow old, is so cloying and annoying and obvious in a way that like when cliff chang does the same kind of thing in his book it's just so it's like it's baked in it doesn't really call attention to itself um it's just done so much more gracefully i think in that book helena alfredo wayne (laughs) first of all alfredo if it was alfredo named after the sauce i'd believe that yeah Alfreda is the worst name I've ever heard. It's bad. I mean, someone's just got to tell King, like, no, this time you don't have to do that. Just once, please. Do not. Is, is Helena this, Alley. Is, is, is King <laughs> like, Alley. trying to be... What is he trying... What is the story even here? It's just Christmas vignettes. But I know, but like, what is the story? Like, what is the point? What is he trying to say about any of these characters that 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 someday uh we both will die and i will follow you into the dark dark, now but like do do does does his do his bruce and like selena are they good together are they bad together like is is any like is is he trying to just like highlight that relationships are hard and messy and doing a really weird disjointed job? I just don't get what this story is even about. Well, King, so King is like insanely a wife guy. And I, I feel every time I read the, the Bruce and Selena stuff, it, it, 
it is trying so hard to show that relationships are complex, right? Like every time there is something that good that happens between them, it has to be countered with something that's the opposite of that, you know? Yes. Um, in, in a way that is so like manufactured to say like, Hey, look, everybody that, you know, whoa, they're, these are really like messed up, broken people. And like, she's calling him an idiot after he dies, you know? And that's that, Oh, how could, why would you call your husband an idiot? He's dead. You know? (laughs) Oh, that's just a messed up reality of, 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 you know, how people think and talk and, and it's really, it's really not, but he's also, he, he is so clearly manufacturing that to get like comic readers to read that and think like, whoa, this is superheroes don't normally talk like this, <laughs> you know, this ain't yeah. your mama's Batman comic. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't really think he gets. I mean, we've talked about this. I don't think he like gets either of these characters as characters, but I I have to do have to give him credit as being the only one who is uh, brave enough to just let them be a couple, I guess. Yeah. I mean, that was always my favorite part of his run. Like, yeah, I did think, even though I didn't always like the writing, I thought like, well, this is just a good idea. They by now they should be a couple because the the will they won't they break up thing. That's it. That's every story. It's let's it's, let's do yeah. a lot. Yeah, yeah. It's the worst thing I think that Tynion did, and now that he's gone, the fact that it's like still kind of the status quo is really frustrating. And I wonder now. I I don't know if we've really like talked about this, and I haven't really thought about it. But do you think that the reason that Tom King's Batman run was cut short and this was made like an Elseworlds thing. And then they backed off is, is because like DC was just, they got cold feet on making this the status quo and yeah. now we're never going to get it again. Um, no, I, I actually don't think that I think Tom King's run was cut short because it sucked shit. <laughs> and I just think it hasn't been brought back because King is still doing this. I think once this is done, you'll see maybe that pop up again. So this is the doomsday clock. Yes, exactly. 100%. Yes. Okay. Uh, I just also want to say, sort of piggyback on something Vince said here, that there's a difference between showing couples as complex and showing couples as not knowing each other. Yes. And like, there's a scene here where Bruce has bought Selena some Christmas gift presents and put them under the tree. And she looks unhappy. And he says, I could take your gifts and you could steal them if that's better. Like, if you know the person you're supposedly in love with, you would never suggest something that fucking stupid. Yeah. This, he does it again later then. I know. Where he like, I know. Where he, like, puts a diamond on display that he owns at a museum, and he's like, you can go steal that if you want to. And it's like... <laughs> like, that's... Here, go play Go play with this busy box. Lady. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you like this jangling keys in her face, you know? Exactly, yeah. It's You love it's, this, don't you, you big baby? It's really bad. This whole thing is really bad. Um, I hate um, this, guys. <laughs> I have to say, again, this is no credit to the writing or whatever, but I, I do want a future status quo where, like, Bruce and Selena raise a daughter who becomes, like, a vigilante. That's the mix of the two of them. 
I love that idea. Yeah, I like that. The, I like that. Helen like costume is very cool. Yeah, costumes yes. are ten out of ten. Yeah, yeah, books are ten out of ten because the costumes are great. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. No, I. Yeah, I think what I'd rather talk about regarding this for a while is just how good John Paul Leone is, and also how you know we've had unfortunately a number of artists die over the last several years and in our time reading comics we've seen plenty of it i can't remember the last time unless you're talking about somebody like jack kirby like that big of a name i can't remember the last time i saw such an outpouring of work honoring an artist like it is so clear from all these great tributes there's a bunch of tribute pinups in this done mm-hmm. by various artists. I didn't write them all down, but they're all pretty much wonderful. I think. Um, but just how much of it is like, Oh man, they, they really loved this guy. Like the people who knew him loved him by all accounts. He was a great guy and not like a dick. There's even one, there's even one pinup that's like, he's not a dick. Like uh, right, yeah. Alex Toth was <laughs> or whatever, you know? Um uh, but beyond that, like just how influential his work was and, and how beloved his work was among his peers, even if they didn't know him all that well, that's I, by all means, I don't think you should really probably pay for this issue. <laughs> um, maybe when it drops a dollar or two on, on comicsology on the app or whatever, but because the, 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 the Tom King story is so bad, but but man, those pinups are really sweet. Um, and it's, it's such a loss. Yeah. Um, this, this even made me laugh because Dave Gibbons did a Rorschach. Pin-up. That one is so funny. Yeah. John Paul Leone. Good man. Drew well, black and white, never compromised. <laughs> oh if, yeah. If that were any other artist, I'd be like, oof. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. And this also did a nice thing of like reprinted a couple of old Leon stories in it. So I, I do think that, the, and I, I would hope that DC is giving a cut of this to his family. And if that's the case, you should go buy two of them because, yeah. um, you know, these people lost their, their, you know, somebody that really matters to them outside of just the comics that they enjoy to read. But it's there. There's a really there's some really nice essays in here, and it's it's a beautiful thing, and it's just such a shame that such a great artist had to go out on this shitty book. So, I predict, uh, Zach, I think you're right, or Vince, I I think Vince said it actually that we've never seen like an outpouring like this recently. Um, I think that George Perez will be the next person for this. Oh man, that's like, gonna be because first you know, of all, that's gonna be sad. I'm gonna ball my eyes out, but also, th- yeah, that's gonna be an insane pouring out of just everything yeah yeah all right well let's take a break and when we come back we'll talk about the last three issues of the week so stay tuned hello we're the hosts of the multiversity manga club podcast i'm emily i'm zach and i'm walter each month we pick a manga to read and discuss among ourselves past books include monster a silent voice and pokemon adventures we also look back on the past month's installments of Weekly Shonen Jump, 
discussing the highs and lows from the Viz anthology. We've even discussed notable manga adaptations like Netflix's Death Note. At the end of each episode, we announce next month's book club pick so you can read along with us. We're always open to suggestions for future books as well. So join us on the first Friday of every month on multiversitycomics.com, Apple Podcasts, or your podcatcher of choice. And we are back with Detective Comics number 1050, written by Mariko Tamaki, illustrated by Ivan Reyes. Uh, Vinci, start us off with this one. Um, so I, I remain interested in this story. I think this is where fatigue is starting to set in a little bit. Um, I think that the the story is taking now taking a little longer to get going than I'd like for it to get to the hunter stuff is presented very strangely to me. I I know we're not supposed to know what's going on with her entirely, but I, as I'm reading it, I kind of feel lost. Um, yeah. That said, like the reveal at the end of the issue that psycho pirate is working in Arkham tower was insanely good um <laughs> uh, it makes so much sense like that that reveal is really really good yeah yeah it's it's fantastic um but yeah i'm i'm this it's it's leaving me a little cold now like i i, I just i just got done saying about the last issue that like oh you can get away with decompression in a weekly because you're not waiting as long for and now all of a sudden i'm like okay this is now I feel like it was a prank pulled on me with this one. So, Zach, what do you think? I like this a lot. This is actually the issue that makes me glad that we didn't just jump straight to that day 20-something or whatever and that we're getting a little bit more fleshing out. I really like the stuff with Huntress a lot. I, I don't feel like I'm having any issues and kind of like following what her deal with is outside of the fact that I didn't read any of those detective comics issues with the, like the vile stuff. But I mean, I get it. I read that one that, that uh, the secret files issue. And it's just like, yeah, she's seen some stuff and she's, she's messed up and she wants, she, she, it's interesting how she has this dual motive of like, Oh, I'm infiltrating, but also, you know, Dick is speculating like maybe she really does hope that this will help her, which is kind of interesting. I thought that the Dick and Huntress stuff just in general was pretty interesting. And I also liked that it opened up in a flashback to no man's land. That um, was cool. Yes, that was absolutely. Cool. Yes. Uh, and I just, I still love the Reyes art. I really, um, I'm kind of expecting my interest in this book to drop off once Reyes is gone though. I think, mm -hmm. I think he's the thing who's really kind of been, I'm, I'm enjoying the story, but I think when he's gone, I'm not going to enjoy it as much. Do we do we know who's next? I think it's um oh I, I I'm gonna butcher the name I'm gonna have to look it up. Is there one more issue of Reyes? No, this is his last one. <laughs> oh, then we can just look. We have next week's comics already. So let me see. Next is it like week? a Emmanuel? Tell them that. <laughs> you already did. Zach already did. I rather. <laughs> no, this one. It's Max Rayner is taking over oh, for the next oh, four issues. Yeah. And then the last one, the, the last four issues are, um, I can't remember the name off the top of my head. 
I can like kind of picture it, but I know I'll butcher it. That's all right. Um, I've got it here though. It's um, it's like in Emmanuel Emanuela. Uh, oh wait, no, this is the wrong one. Well, I, I, as you look for that, let me just give my thoughts. A man, K. Noel Pond. Oh, oh okay, yeah. Okay. Who just did um, Crush on Lobo? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I did not like this issue. I thought, like Vince, that the Hunter stuff was muddled and a little bit hard at times to to fully follow. Um, I just, so I just feel have like the best reading comprehension on the show. Yeah. Yeah. That's no, it. you have the smoothest brain. Because uh, you love the Kingdom Hearts stuff, so you just what you know whatever is put in front of you, you just accept. And I don't mean that. I I, I don't. That's a that's a virtue, Zach. That's a virtue. Sure. Go ahead and drag me a little bit more. It's I'm not I'm not insulting you when I say that. It's okay. I'm not mad. I'm laughing. You, you just you even said in your explanation like, oh, Helena sees things now, and I just yeah. Well, I mean, like, okay, yes, obviously, like that's a dumb thing, but I get it, like. Yeah, oh, yeah. I I don't I didn't I didn't misunderstand or not understand pieces like that. I just felt like the storytelling was very, um, like uh, stilted and didn't flow very well. And I also feel That's like what I thought yes. I okay, also, that that makes more sense. I I get what you're saying. Like I, I I wasn't following. It didn't feel like each page. Like, and we're gonna talk about this again in a book in a few minutes. But like I didn't feel like necessarily each page had to do with the page before it at times. Like it was just it was very stilted and didn't didn't flow very well. That's part one. Part two is I think this is the worst Reyes heart we got in this book. It's not bad, but I think this is a little bit of a step down from the last couple of issues that Reyes did. So it didn't look as good as the prior issues. And also, I just feel like this was, we didn't need any more explanation as to why Helena was there. Like it was, we had enough information beforehand and now we just have too much information. There's no reason for all this. It doesn't, it doesn't enhance the story at all to me. I, I would disagree in so much as, and maybe this is just like, I don't have like a very strong emotional anchor for Helena and in, in tying in Nightwing with her, I care a little bit more. Maybe that's why I like this issue because I, it gave me something to hold on to with her. Whereas previously I just like did not have much to lean on there. And also, I was very fuzzy about all of the vile stuff in this issue, kind of jogged my memory on all of that and what was even going on there. Sure. Yeah, I, I just thought that this, especially if if the point of, of this issue was to make us care about why Huntress is doing all this, I already did. So this felt like overkill. And if the point was to push the conversation, push the story along, it didn't do that. So this just felt like a very, very big miss to me in a series that has not had a miss yet. Like this, this Shadows of the Bat arc has been very, very enjoyable for me until this issue. But I'm hoping that means that next time when it's hopefully less of a uh, less of a just a character study of sort of overplaying the parts we already knew, I'll enjoy it more. I'm going to go ahead and call that this is the probably going to be the peak for me and I'm not going to like it anymore after this. I'm going to predict <laughs> that now. 
Well, I hope you're wrong about that. I hope you enjoy comics because I don't want you to suffer. Oh. Any other thoughts on this before we get to the two backups? I just saw the Moon Knight trailer. Oh. <laughs> How was it? Um, it doesn't look good, I don't think. <laughs> I actually think it looks quite bad. Well, I mean, it has Oscar Isaac, so that's that's plus one. He's a handsome man and a good actor, and yeah, yeah. All right, well let's um, let's talk about the two backups. So first, we get the the third part or fourth part of House of Gotham by Matthew Rosenberg and Fernando Blanco. This had a bad first part, a good second part, a bad third part, and now I'll say a bad fourth part. Yeah, I don't like this or care for it at all. Yeah, Vince, did you read this? Um, wait. What are we talking? What are we talking about now? Sorry, the, I'm on the, Moon Knight. <laughs> the, the the House of Gotham. Backup. Oh, the backup. No, 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 no. I I did not. I'm continue to not read that. No, that's what I figured. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we get the first uh, sort of a, a prelude to Batman Superman World's Finest by Mark Wade and Dan Mora. Um, Vince, talk to us about this. I liked it and honestly i've come to just expect like it did not blow the doors off it it was not like mark wade is back and he's gonna be doing some mark wade ass shit you know it was not that it was it was very um not very showy you know not really like boldly announcing himself as like hey i'm back doing regular work at dc again and I think I think I like that. I think I think I don't mind seeing just some this reminded me of an episode of like Superman the animated series that also guest starred Batman or whatever. That's a good call. Just some basic simple storytelling looks great. Simple like like hey, what's your villain doing in my city type thing, you know? Um and really not much more than that. And I I I think you don't always need more than that. And I think Mark Wade is exceptionally good at the simple at nailing the simple idea. And I think he does. And I think Dan Mora's art looks great. Um, I love that. It's, it's kind of a, a, a tale from the past so that Dick is still Robin. Uh, that's a fun dynamic. And I'm glad that DC is allowing that to take place in one of their like current books. There's no reason for them to really do that. You know, but they're just letting Mark Wade do that. Um, and then I wonder about that that little tease at the very end, if that is what I think it is, or if I'm way off. Do you think it's Magog? I thought it was I, Magog. I think it's Magog. I think it's yeah. Magog too. You know what I think this is? It, 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 is this the Kingdom Baby? This is the Kingdom Baby. <laughs> we're, we're getting uh, we're getting Superman's Phantom Stranger Son again. Yeah. It's gonna be great. Which, which that is a little like okay. <laughs> no, we're really having Mark Wade do that. But yes. I'm, just, I'm just saying a little. I'm just saying like like, mm, dude, come on. But no, yeah, no, you're right. Mark Wade be- listened to our episode of, <laughs> on of the kingdom the, on the kingdom and said, "Man, these these guys get, get it. it. Yeah. These and guys get it. I got to do a sequel just for them." And he saw he saw No Way Home, and he said. I'm going to give the fans what they want yeah. this time. Yeah. 
Yes. He did he did see No Way Home and he went on the 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 word balloon podcast and he soyed it up about it. Did he? <laughs> he said it he said it was wonderful and exceeded every expectation I had for it. Well, and I expect I expect him to say nothing else. So I will I will soy it up when he uh <laughs> when he brings back uh the other uh, Jonathan Kent. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, no, I thought this was great too. I thought this was very understated, uh, surprisingly understated for what it like. You know, sometimes you feel like people want to make their their big return feel earned, and this just feels like if you didn't know he was gone from DC for fifteen years, whatever it is, you would never know that from reading this. This just feels like your standard issue Mark Wade story, and that's good. Did uh, you like know that the Jonathan Kent? two from the kingdom his superhero name is hyperman i believe we covered that yes did we i, I would not i would not have been able to tell you that but I don't it's pronounced that. hyperman hyperman Hyper- i was just looking hyperman. at the wiki and i saw that and we gotta have hyperman back yeah we gotta um, have it i think it would also be extremely cool brian would soy it up if um you know, because he's not having Alex Ross uh, do this, if Kyle Rayner got a role in oh. in the Kingdom stuff, famously Alex Ross would not draw Kyle Rayner. So yes, I'm in. No, yeah, I, I th- I'm I'm down. I'm I'm excited for this. Yeah. We, so in the podcast that got lost last week, uh, Vince claims he said that this was. I had thought that Vince said that he thought this was taking place in like a Elseworlds thing. And I said, no, it's taking place no. in the past. And in the, cause I've read the solicit that says like in the recent past, blah, blah, blah. So I don't know if this story, I'm thinking that this one story might be taking place years before the story we're getting in that book. That could be, that could be. Uh, so I, I think we're both right. Is what I'm trying to say here. Okay. It, yeah, sure. You, you, you do that coward. Do, do you think that since like Snyder and company have like made hypertime a thing again and queued that up, like Wade is going to get to go all in and yes. finally do hypertime? Yes. Do it right. They talk, they're talking about hypertime in Green Lantern, you know? Yeah. yeah. See, this is the shit. I agree with Zach when he looks across the, the, the spectrum here and goes like, ah, this is just everything is kind of mid. There's a couple things I'm enjoying. But there's all these little bits. There's all this like Morrisonian Wade stuff that we get nods to every once in a while. And it just makes me go, yeah, this is why I'm doing this. It, it might never happen, but uh, seeing if it does, seeing how far they can string me along, it is the fun of the exercise. The most exciting part for any of us is when the new solicits hit. No, I do not like solicits. But I, w- I would say that used to be it for me, but the solicits have gotten very dull. Well, I, guess I, I, mean, I, I like I like the when new, news when news yes, breaks. Yes, when new series get announced. Yes, absolutely. That's what I'm. That's really what I was talking about. Like yeah, when we, for sure. Or, or when mo- you find out that someone like a new creative team's coming on a book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. The the most exciting thing for me is opening up the box and not reading the comics, but just immediately flipping through, flipping through Ooh, them. Baby yeah. monkey prince is here. You know. turning turning through the back looking at the last page <laughs> well i flipped through all the pages but in, I, at uh, an incredible yes, yeah. rate yeah yeah <laughs> barely taking in what 
what lies before me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, well, let's let's move off Detective Comics and get to a book that I have almost nothing to say about, and that's uh, Peacemaker: Disturbing the Peace by Garth Ennis and Gary Brown. This is the polar opposite of the Peacemaker show, which is fun and goofy. This takes itself way too seriously, and it sucks. What do you guys think about this book? Yeah, I don't know. Vince put this on the list. Why are we? Why are we reading this? Because we read lots. We read like almost every number one. I think you this know? is just a one shot, too, isn't it? It's just it not is, a yes. series. I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. I think it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't. I don't know what to think about this. I really don't know. Um, Imagine buying the Amanda Connor variant cover of this issue and then <laughs> opening it up and reading the issue that is contained inside. Yeah. 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 Like, like five pages into this, you find out that Peacemaker's uh, parents killed themselves and his siblings um, because of like debts and apparently like homemade porno they had made. Uh, which is the most Garth Ennis thing I've ever read, maybe. Yep. Um, what I will say, uh, first of all, I don't really think this is worth reading. It's especially not worth reading if your primary interest in the character is the James Gunn uh, soy show. Um, <laughs> I, keep, I keep saying soy as if I'm like a chud or something. But I, I just love, it is, I'm not, by the way, like I don't, obviously I don't, agree with that ideology at all but like it is the perfect descriptor for the chuck windig thing right is it not <laughs> um, um anyway uh it's it's it has no connection to that no no tonal connection at all um it's more of a p if i would say maybe check it out if you're a big fan of the garth ennis military stuff that he does from time to time even then, I don't think this is like, I think there's better tons, tons better Garth Ennis military adjacent stuff to read. Um, but I will say I really like the Gary Brown art. And I think it's, it's really manic and madcap when it wants to be. And I think there are other times, especially with the, with the um, military focused stuff he's almost doing like a, like a Howard Chaikin impression on like his, his Christopher Smith almost looks like a Howard Chaikin character with the big round chin. Yeah. I can see that. And, but like, but like better than any Chaikin we've seen in the last 20 years, I would say. Um, so I don't know. It's a curio. I don't think it's very good, but um I, you could you could check it it's very twisted it's very twisted it is very twisted <laughs> if the art is the art is pretty good here i you know we i think that this type this style of art i tend to like uh in smaller doses like i think that getting 40 pages of this art is maybe a little bit much for my tastes mm-hmm. um in a row it just it doesn't make the most pleasant reading experience because some of it is rather you know um it's really good in parts. It's just it's you know, like you said, especially the military stuff is is pretty, um, just oh, disturbing is the wrong word for it. But just you know, twisted, twisted. Yeah, twisted. this is twisted. But I, I don't care for this. I I haven't read a Garth Ennis thing in a long time at DC that I've been like, oh, 
I'm glad they brought Garth Ennison to do this. Like he just seems like his time at DC is probably passed for my for my interests at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I've never been an Ennis guy, so. All right, well, that brings us to our final issue of the week, which is Teen Titans Academy number 11, written by Tim Sheridan, illustrated by Rafa Sandoval and Brent Peoples. Um, I just want to get one thing out of the way. I don't know why this says Red X revealed on the cover. (laughs) Because his motivations are kind of revealed and like, Kind but, of, yeah, he he is not revealed. No, not revealed. Um, so this issue has what I would say is a, a lot of really interesting, cool stuff happening in it. But this is a very disjointed read. I really like what Tim Sheridan's doing on this book. But this issue, there were lots of things that felt like it was started and then just a page was ripped out and was you don't see it happen. Like for, the biggest example of this is like there's a part where. Um, the rest of the Shazam family show up and they all say Shazam and then you never see them like in ca- <laughs> as their as their characters. Like there's a bunch of stuff like that where it just feels like this was maybe two issues that were shoved together. Mm-hmm. And so it, it feels like a very, very disjointed story. But I happen to like almost every piece of the story. I just don't necessarily like how it was presented here. I also like the Brent Peebles art for uh, the Shazam stuff. I thought that was pretty good. There's also a pretty funny Captain Marvel joke in here. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I do like, like I, I said, I, I think that each of the little elements here, you know, there's the the part about Billy and uh, stupid, sexy Black Adam being like trapped in the Rock of Eternity forever with Dane to protect both him and the world from him. I liked that stuff. I liked the stuff. I liked showing how all the different characters were sort of using their powers, like you know, Gorilla Greg, you know, working with um, I forget her name, the uh, 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 Tress Tr- Tresemme. Yeah, no. yeah, Tresemme. Yes, <laughs> exactly. la la. Yeah, it uh, is something to do with hair. Yes, it is. Yeah. It's it's not Godiva. No. Was that her name in the New 52? Yeah. Yeah. Not going to Um, You know, I-, I liked the stuff like with the flashes showing up. But that was pretty fun. I liked all of this, except the Red X stuff at this. Like, I, I, you know, we, 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 talk- we talked a lot about how we liked that this is a mystery. We liked that this- they didn't rush the reveal of the Red X character. But at this point, it feels like they're just like Sheridan is just dragging this out to get to the 12th issue to reveal who Red X is. Like the stuff with with Red X talking to whoever whoever his accomplices or whatever, that just that stuff just felt like a, a restating of things we had seen before. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, I still really like this cast. I like the scope of this book. I just felt like this was a disjointed issue. What did you boys think? I, I feel pretty much the same way. Um, I uh, I love. I wish this book was longer. I think we've talked about how like it feels very compressed. Mm-hmm. I wish that this like story had gotten to happen over two years, maybe instead of one year. But I do like how much it is building on all the really good future state stuff because that was some of the best future state stuff was mm-hmm. the Titans and the Black Adam stuff um, and Shazam and doing it in a really like interesting way um, compared to you know, Green Lantern, which I liked, but you guys didn't. Um, 
So, and it's and it's great to have Sandoval back on art. Nothing against Mike Norton at all. He's you know a great artist, but I I just really liked what Sandoval has been doing on this book. Vince, yeah, I I so I agree pretty much exactly with what you're saying, Brian, about this being disjointed. And I I guess I'll only add two thoughts that I had about it. I think neither of which are probably Tim Sheridan's fault, although one maybe partially is. First of all, the cover saying Red X revealed, it reminds me um, to a disturbing degree of something that used to happen a lot in that I feel like in the new 52 and even sometimes in rebirth where the cover would be one thing, but then plans for the book changed. And then what was, what was in the actual book was not anything resembling what was on the cover Yep. or, you know, and so we joke like, ha that doesn't happen in this. And that's not a big deal. That's not, Sheridan's fault and it's not it doesn't really affect the story but it does make me it reminds me of a time in comics where they would let that happen disturbingly often mm-hmm. and it makes me think like ooh, something happened with this behind the scenes and we don't know what it is you know can I, can I give my guess for what happened uh yeah go ahead yep I, I I think the guess is that um this was supposed to be an extra issue long but they had to shorten it because of that stupid earth three crossover. Yeah. And so this is two issues combined into one. Sure. I, that would not surprise me at all. Now that's totally speculation. Right. Um, Me- meaning that we'll get the reveal next issue. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, th- but this is speculation too. And, and, and this one, maybe it's Sheridan's fault. Maybe it's not, but I think one of my other problems with this book um is the way that DC set up future state and, and then the way that this story plays into it, because um, I do feel, I, I feel like, uh, you know, we got future state before any of this teen Titans Academy stuff happened. And I feel like a lot of the threads from future state that were surprising or different for the, for the teen Titans to encounter, we already knew about them now and everything that we're seeing now in this issue is kind of stuff that we've already seen. You know what I mean? And it's not really remixed in a, in a way that's satisfying to me. Like they they talk about the, the four horsemen. Okay. We already saw them do that. You know, Um, the, the, the guarding the rock of eternity or locking the four horsemen in the rock of eternity is already kind of uh, thematically something that we've already reckoned with. And so, um, I don't know if it's Sheridan's fault for following that path too closely or, or not zigging when he could have zagged or, or what, I, you know, I don't know how you want to say it, but I just, I, mean, I feel like a lot of what we're seeing right now is stuff we've already dealt with. And I kind of wanted to get beyond by this point. I definitely understand what you're saying. Although I will say that I think that a lot of this winds up being stuff that had been, we saw it play out differently in future state. Like like the, the four horsemen thing played out differently in future state. Yeah. Right. Like this is the, in some ways, this is the, uh, the opposite of that. 
this is get, like get... in, this is like in Kingdom Hearts three where they all <laughs> fall the darkness and they have to reboot and they do the whole thing again, but it's different. It's the same thing. I, I guess okay, so it's probably a me problem, but I also think I also think like then to fully enjoy this, I need to go back and read Future State again, and I'm not sure that that's the either way i don't think it shook out in an ideal storytelling fashion i don't disagree with that um i i i am planning on binding the future state teen titans and shazam stuff plus the shazam mini and sheridan's teen titans academy yeah and I, i think that would make a very interesting and good read i think i suspect you're probably right i mean i still like all of the stuff that that sheridan's dealing with here um i'm still interested in all of I think, it. I just think it, it's presented in a way, like you said, that's disjointed, especially when you add future state to that. I, I think having a uh, s- stupid, sexy, old, but young black Adam <laughs> and calling him Teddy mm-hmm. is the best thing. Yeah. Well, it's real. It's real Marvel vibes. <laughs> it's real Billy and Teddy Marvel vibes. <laughs> <laughs> they should kiss. Sure. Why can, what are, the new Shazam book is Bill and Ted's uh, <laughs> magic adventure. Yeah. Bogus magic. No, what, what, what's a bummer is that that uh, Mary Marvel series has been delayed indefinitely. Oh yeah. yeah. Which obviously like this, we now kind of have the context right. for like, the, why the, that status quo would make sense. Yes, exactly. So, so that is something that clearly changed then, I guess. I wonder. I wonder if that if that's just being um, kicked down the road a little bit to let the art catch up because it was uh, Doc Shiner doing art. Mm-hmm. I mean, they did say it wasn't out and out canceled. Right. It was just delayed. Yeah. Although I feel like they rarely say things are out and out canceled before they come out. It'll be delayed into infinity. Yeah. I, I, I also feel like that's something that 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 dirty old rich usually gets though. Like if like if that's something true. is canceled, he'll be like, Oh yeah, this has been scrapped. Right, right. That's true. Um but maybe he doesn't have as solid a source anymore. Maybe maybe his sources are all in the MCU fandom community now. <laughs> <laughs> Patreon.com slash easy three cast. Um <laughs> anyway, thank you for listening, folks. We appreciate it. Vincey, what comes out next week? Ah, Jesus. <laughs> um hang on hang on. stall for time i didn't uh, expect i didn't i usually have this ready now but i didn't expect this such an abrupt i thought you were gonna say well you boys got anything more to say about teen hey, okay i've, I've got, got it, it pulled up i can do it i've got oh, oh go for it i have it too but i'd rather you do it no i don't want to steal your thunder <laughs> go for it jesus okay arkham city order of the world number five batman number 120 Dark Knights of Steel, number four. Detective Comics, number 1051. Justice League Incarnate, number four. Monkey Prince, number one. One Star Squadron, number three. Suicide Squad, number 12. The Joker Presents a Puzzle Box, number seven. I will never not be blown away that that's still going on. Uh, (laughs) World of Krypton, number three. Stinky. (laughs) That's my new bit. Uh, You can find find two-thirds of us on Twitter. I am at Brian Needs an F. And I'm at Walker Fox. If you need to find Vince, he is currently photoshopping actors into alternate versions of Marvel characters, but none will be as beautiful as the <laughs> image floating out there on hey, the internet. Hey, spoiler alert. <laughs> I 
don't for care. something that's definitely happening. Exactly, yes. Uh, thanks for listening, folks. Talk to you next time. Bye. You would love it. You would love his partner's jaunty little hat. I do love hats. You would love Fujiko's big boobs that she uses to. I do love big boobs <laughs> to, to distract uh, nincompoops and and. I am a nincompoop. <laughs> maybe, maybe this is for me, guys. Yeah, yeah.